Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finkston. If you have your Bibles, let me invite you to turn to Romans chapter 4, and we'll get there in a minute. Romans chapter 4. I really believe, I've enjoyed so much the last four weeks, including this week, of talking about real faith for real life. And as much as we think we understand about it, uh, it's amazing what I've learned, uh, even in restudying again, looking again at it four times in Scripture. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just will live by faith. And so the last few weeks we've been talking about real faith for real life. What does it mean to live by faith? What does it look like? What does it feel like? We've defined faith as faith is man's active response to the present tense revelation of God. And this morning we come to the end of this series, but we want to look at what active response involves. True faith, real faith has action, is active. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, we looked at last week, at the heroes of faith, their faith is described by their action. They did something. Verse 4 says, by faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. Verse 7, by faith, Noah prepared an ark. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed and went. Verse 17, this by faith, Abraham offered Isaac. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Verse 23, by faith, Moses was hidden. And it goes on and on and on. All through the, the Hebrews 11, it's talking about people are held up because they responded to the revelation of God. They acted on it and the will of heaven became the work on earth. This morning, the title of the message is just simply, Faith Works. Faith Works. James, in his epistle, asked the question in verse chapter 2, verse 14. What does it profit, my brothers, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith, basically faith alone, save him? In verse 17, faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. I like the message. It says, dear friends, do you think you'll get, a, get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? In verse 17, isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? What does active response look like? Well, I don't know about you. I... I I like personal example. I like, in other words, definitions are fine, descriptions are fine, but I want to see how you do it. What does it look like? How does it live out? And Abraham, in Romans chapter 4, the Apostle Paul uses Abraham as our example. In fact, he's called the father of all who believe in verse 11. If he's considered the father, then it would be, he would be the best example of faith for us to look at. And so Romans 4 presents a clear picture of Abraham's faith in action. 
And Paul seems to show us step by step how Abraham believed, how he received, and how he responded to God. Now, the, the act of faith has two sides. God's and man's. God's side is revelation. Man's side is active response. How did Abraham come to know God? God's revelation. In Acts chapter 7 verse 2 it says that the glory, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Canaan. In other words, there was a time when Abraham did not know God. What we don't realize usually is in Joshua 24, 2, it tells us that Abraham belonged to a pagan family that worshipped other gods. In other words, Abraham came from a family of idolaters. There was nothing in Abraham that would have drawn attention to or enabled him to be called by God. There was nothing in him. For 70 years, Abraham was a man of the world. For 70 years, Abraham was just as much a sinner as any man. And yet God reveals himself to Abraham. And in Hebrews 11.8, it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called. Notice that word, called. Why did God call Abraham? Grace. It had everything to do with God and really nothing but the plan of God with Abraham. And I want you to see, I, I want to make a statement, I want you to hear it. Abraham didn't come to God, God came to Abraham. God singled Abraham out from all the rest. It was God's choice that gave Abraham a choice. I don't understand all of it. I'm just glad God shows up. I'm glad He shows Himself, reveals Himself to mankind. I do know that for the first time in Abraham's life, God became a living reality to him. You see, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God, Romans uh, 10, 17. We've talked about that. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, God spoke. Abram heard. Abraham heard. Abraham saw, chapter 15, Genesis 15, 1, After those things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Abraham saw. We talked about seeing last week. Seeing is believing. Believing is seeing, excuse me. Abraham saw what God was saying, what he was promising. God reveals himself to Abraham. He cuts covenant with him and tells him what will come to pass. But the promise depended on an heir, Isaac. You can't become a father of nations without a first son. Genesis 17 records in detail what we're going to be looking at in Romans 4. And you can study that. I encourage you to do that. But I want you to remember Genesis 12, Genesis 15, and Genesis 17. In other words, Abraham didn't just get it the first thing. There was a process of God's revelation and Abram's response 
that changed his life. Faith is man's active response to the present tense revelation of God. Abraham didn't just go on what he heard. He went on what he was seeing. He went on what God was saying. God was still revealing himself. Abraham, he was still talking to him. And Abraham was responding. I want you to look at verse 17 of Romans 4. Hopefully you're at Romans 4. This is out of the New Living Translation. It says, that is what the scripture mean, scriptures mean when God told him, I've made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Now, I want you to understand, when we talk about Abraham believing God, I want you to understand, he believed something about God as God had revealed himself. Abraham, there wasn't any books written for Abraham to read. He didn't get this revelation. You see, he was an idolater. Every, all the, the stuff that he knew was other gods. There was a fresh voice. There was a present tense voice. There was a, a, a voice that invited and, and a vision. He saw it. And we talked about last week. Once you see it, you get it. It's yours. It's on your spirit man. You see it. Now you don't have to see it again. You just can close your eyes and you can see it. The whole thing that I want you to see is that God had revealed himself and Abraham believed. Abraham believed something about God. He believed God's revelation of himself. He, he, he says God is the God who brings dead things to life and creates new things out of nothing. Why is that important? Because Abraham's faith was based on who God was, his character, his ability, his purpose, his will. Abraham's response was based on the revelation of God personally and what he had said. Abraham had a view of God before he responded. He brings the dead back to life. He creates with a word. What I'm trying to say to you this is you've got to understand that faith is not something that you come to a mental ascent to the facts that you've learned. Faith is a response to the revelation of who God is as He's revealed Himself. You don't come to believe because you've attended a class. You believe because God has revealed, expressed, has manifest, has demonstrated, has spoken, has revealed Himself to you. It may come through somebody else's words, but the revelation happens to you. It's God's revelation. Then there's your response, man's active response. Faith is my active response to the present tense revelation of God. And we're going to be looking at this active response. How did Abraham respond? What did it look like? I'm going to give you four things I think are key for us to respond, but I, I want to show you it's key for us because that's the way Abraham responded. Number one, accept the promise. Verse 18 says, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. The message says, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding not to live on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on the basis of what God said he would do. 
Verse 21, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. He was fully convinced. And let me tell you something. There is a key to understanding faith. It's being convinced God is who he says he is. And he does what he says he does. And he'll do what he's promised. Abraham believed. Before he acted, he believed. In fact, his action was because of what he believed. Our active response reveals our faith. In John chapter 4, a royal official comes to Jesus and he's begging Jesus to come to his house and heal his dying son. Jesus says to the man, go your way, your son lives. That's in verse 40 of John chapter 4. Now, if the father had refused to go back home, it would indicate he didn't believe. His action showed he believed the promise. Belief and response are inseparably linked. The man, the scripture says, the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he started off. He believed and acted. He believed and responded. He believed the promise and started off. We know Jesus healed, his son was healed. And it says from the time that Jesus was said it. First thing, accept the promise. Accept what God has revealed himself to be. Receive it. Second thing, renounce all confidence in the flesh. It's not that we renounce human resources, but we renounce the confidence in human resources. And the difference is important. Verse 18, contrary to hope, in hope he believed. The first hope refers in his confidence in his own ability. The second hope refers to his confidence in God's ability. His confidence in God was in direct opposition to any confidence in the flesh. What does God use to bring? We, this is one of our major problems uh, our problem is having no confidence in the flesh. Uh, how does God bring Abraham to have no confidence in the flesh? It's a little word called waiting. How many of you like waiting? You know, I, I'm, I have to admit to you, I have a gift, and it's not spiritual gift. It's just a gift of impatience. I, I love, uh, listen, I love to get behind an accelerated, challenged person. You know, that doesn't know how to use the foot feet on the car. I love to go to McDonald's and stand in, and sit in line. In fact, I have experience. I've literally left the line, drove around the block, got back in, and was right where I was to start with. I'm I'm challenged. God, what I want you to see is Abraham got a vision, got a word, got a promise, and it was 25 years later. How did Abraham come to where he had no confidence in the flesh? He waited. Now, Abraham did think he could do something, and Ishmael was born. That was the key to his ability. 
But he wasn't the promise. It wasn't the fulfillment of the promise. It was the fulfillment of Abraham's ability. And a concubine's ability. What confidence could a guy have at a hundred? That's the point. Faith not only trusts God, it distrusts human ability. And that's so hard for us to get. If God has shown us something, if God has promised us something, if God has told us something, surely He expects us to do something about it. And that's the missing. (laughs) Well then, what's God... You know, Jesus said it this way. Without me, you can do... Isn't it amazing we can quote it? Without me, you can do nothing. We don't believe that, but we can quote it. You know, without Him, we can do a lot of things, just not Him. Well, how does He want us to act? How does He want us to respond? Faith is depending upon Him. Faith is my receptivity of His activity. He comes to be in me all that He expects of me. Faith is my depending upon Him, not my work for Him. My response to His ability. So we ask, could Abraham father a child at a hundred? We would all say, heavens no. But He did. And so did Sarah. Faith doesn't renounce the use of human resources, but confidence in Abraham did father a son. Sarah did give birth to him. He used the human means at an inhumane age. Can you imagine a 90-year-old woman giving birth and a 100-year-old man to help her? But he did. He used human means. While Isaac came by natural means, but nobody could take the credit but God. The glory went to God who keeps His promises. It's so hard for us, but I can tell you, the best way to know how to be actively responding to God is to realize He's not expecting anything from your flesh. From your ability. He's expecting you to trust Him and act accordingly. Number three, face the problem but focus on the promise or the promiser. Verse 19 says, Without becoming weak in faith, He contemplated His own body, now as good as dead, since He was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He contemplated his own body, and he did not become weak in faith. Abraham didn't shut his eyes to the impossibility of his situation. The Bible says he contemplated it. The Greek word here indicates he carefully considered that resulted in a clear understanding. He didn't just glance at the problem. He looked at it squarely in the eye, studying the situation until he fully understood the predicament. And he did it without becoming weak in faith. Now, it doesn't take much for the circumstances to change with us and we stop believing what God has said. 
Here's what he's saying. You don't have to hide the facts from faith. Faith doesn't fear contradicting circumstances. Real faith. And here's the way it does it. Abraham didn't waver. Verse 20. He did not waver in unbelief. In other words, he contemplated the facts... But he focused on the promise. He did not waver. The word waver here means he didn't back off. I like the message. It says, he didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God. Abraham's faith was focused. He was so absorbed with the promise, he was not threatened by the problem. Let me ask you, when a problem comes, what do you focus on? How you're going to solve it? Who you can get counsel from? Or do you focus on what God has said? Yeah, I see the problem, but this is what God has said. Yeah, I see the issue, but this is what God has shown me. Do I trust God or do I acknowledge the problem? I can acknowledge the problem and still trust God. It's who I'm going to give the authority to in my life. Did Abraham doubt? Well, the scripture doesn't say that Abraham didn't doubt. It says he didn't waver. He didn't back off. He didn't let circumstances define truth for him. He kept looking at what he saw. All he had to do is remember what God said to him. Close his eyes and see the stars. If you can count the stars, that's how many kids you're going to have. And I know it looks like an impossible situation. You're getting older every day, Abraham. Sarah's not getting any younger. She's sweeter, but she's not any younger. I know the problem, but all Abraham had to do is close his eyes and see the stars. God had promised. Let me tell you something. God has promised you some things if you'll just close your eyes and watch it. Close your eyes. Stop looking at everything around you. And stop letting those things define reality to you. And realize that the one who can make the dead live again and create something out of nothing, he's the one who's promised you. Yeah, but. When's it going to happen? Exactly on time. So let's talk about doubt and unbelief. He did not waver in unbelief. Doubt is not unbelief. Doubt is being at odds with yourself. Did I hear him? Was this really God? Am I really going to follow through? Am I going to trust him? Doubt is talking to yourself. Unbelief is disobeying. Unbelief is saying no. Doubt is at odds with yourself. Unbelief is at odds with God. Unbelief will cause you to dismiss what God says is unreasonable, impossible, unattainable. Doubt wonders. Unbelief disobeys. Doubt says, I don't have a clue how you're going to do it. Unbelief says you're not going to do it. He didn't waver in unbelief.
Accept the promise. Renounce all confidence in the flesh. Face the problem, but focus on the promise. Number four is rest in God's faithfulness. Verse 21, Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. He grew strong. The word literally is he he was empowered in faith. Why? Because he was fully assured. He was convinced what God had promised. He was able to perform. I'm going to make a statement. I want you to hear it. In fact, I'm going to say it twice. Nothing glorifies God more than your believing and responding. Nothing glorifies God more than your believing and actively responding. First, accept. Be fully assured God is who He is. He said what He said and He's able to perform it. Believe Him. And then respond to Him. Actively respond. Demonstrate that you believe Him. Knowing He's able. Nothing glorifies God more than that. And this week as I was preparing all of this good sermon... In my mind. All of a sudden God reveals something to me that I had not seen. And I, I want, it literally struck me in a way and freed me from a wrong way of thinking. You see, when I hear works... Works, good works. I hear performance, right? In other words, when I think of works, I think of a lifetime span of doing good deeds. And I'd been raised, and the thing that I had caught being raised up in church, the things that I had caught, see if, see if you don't, Recognize this, that one day that I would be judged according to my works. And here's my dilemma. I never knew had I done enough good works that God was okay with me. Or the other side of it, I never knew if I would do enough good works for God to be satisfied with me. So I was caught in this between, I didn't know if I'd done enough, and I didn't know if I could ever do enough for God to be pleased. And I also had this picture in my mind that one day I would stand before God, and God would pull out this list. He would pull out this list of everything that I had done in my life, and then He was going to say, which one is it? Upside down or right side up? Is is my works on the top side or are my sins on the top side? And I always had this attitude that God was was going to just... I was going to be embarrassed and in shame. Because I never knew if my works were going to be good enough or my works were going to be enough. That's how I define works. And so when I read about good works and good deeds, that's the picture. It was my performance. It was a lifetime of living, hopefully doing enough that God would say, okay. 
And God showed me this week where I can say he set me free from that. First of all, it's in James chapter 2, verse 22 and 23. James is doing this. He gives them three illustrations about faith and works. And in verse 22, he says, Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. This was in relation to Abraham offering up Isaac. One event in Abraham's life. One thing that James was using. And here's what I suddenly got. Works is not the abundance of a lifetime span. Works is my present tense active response to God's revelation. In other words, God is going to judge me by my response, not by my deeds. But my deeds are going to be in accordance to my response. Now, I want to tell you, I see this better than I say it. Okay? So, I'm just going to say what I see, and I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to show it to you. Here's what I'm seeing. When Jesus died on the cross, He forgave how many of our sins? All of our sins. He wiped them out. He erased them. There's no list God is going to have. God is never going to pull out a list of my sins because Jesus paid it all. When I get to heaven, God is not going to say, Daryl, you remember when you did this? You remember when you did that? That's not going to be. Why? Because the Son is right there saying, I paid for that. I paid for that. I paid for that. So there's no matter. God is never going to bring up to me the things He's forgiven. So God is not going to be reading from a list in heaven of what I've done in wrong, but he is keeping a list. He's keeping a list of how I've responded to him. And all of a sudden, and what got me on this is that Abraham wasn't about doing good to please God. Abraham was a friend of God. Abraham wasn't responding because God was going to reward him. He was responding because God was revealing himself to him. He was inviting Abraham to be in a relationship with Almighty God. A God who makes dead things live. And a God who makes everything out of nothing with a word. Why wouldn't I respond to him? He's inviting me to be in a relationship with him. Abraham could mess up royally, and he did. And God still counted his responses as his works. And I want you to suddenly, it changed the whole incentive of why I want to do good things. The reason I want to do good things is I want to be a friend of Jesus. Jesus has invited me into a relationship that's so far better and beyond what I could ever fathom and I want you to know what all of a sudden I recognize that God is not keeping a list of how 
You see, when I did good works, I did that God would see it and that people would see it. And I was hoping to please God and please people. I don't want that anymore. I just want to do what God says because He wants me to be His friend. He, he invites me to be a participant with Him. I told you I'm not saying it as good as I need to. But what I all of a sudden got a glimpse from, for the rest of my life, all of a sudden, here's the way, I'm going to live in responding to Him because He's worth it. He's worth it. He's invited me and He's paid my price and He's invited me to participate with Him. And He's invited me to let heaven come to earth through me. And I get to participate. Now here's the other side of that. And He will reward me according to my response. Pull it out. Here's your list of responses. Well done, good and faithful servant. Suddenly that parable about the talents. One had ten, one had five, one had one. God didn't reward them because they got more. He rewarded them because they responded. The one He didn't reward is the one who did not respond. But buried it. What God is saying to you, I'm inviting you to believe me. And when you believe me, if you'll act. Accordingly, if you'll respond accordingly, I will reward you accordingly and you will be my friend. Woo! What other incentive do you need to do what God's calling you to do? And to be called the friend of God. Listen to me. In the new covenant through Jesus' blood, works are our response, corresponding action to His revelation. God's no longer keeping a record of our sins. He's keeping a record of our responses. We'll be awarded according to our works, our active response to God. We respond because we believe. We respond because we've heard. We respond because it's the action of a lover. When God says something, let me tell you, I know my wife says I don't listen to her. But I do. I hear her. Why? Because I love her. And I know she loves me. I want you to understand God is the biggest lover of you that exists. And He's inviting you to receive His love, His voice, His direction, His revelation, so that you would come to know Him. I feel like I know Him better today than I knew Him last Sunday. He's shown me something. And I'm doing my best to be a responder. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to just please God or do you want to be a friend of God? You know, you you can have a lot of acquaintances, but how many friends do you have? You understand what I'm saying? Do you just want to be acquainted with God and go to heaven? See, it's not even about going to heaven when you die. It's about being with Him. It's not about what you're going to get. It's about who you got. And who's got you? 
I am absolutely safe in the hands of my lover who loves me more than his own son. Now, you say, no, he doesn't love you more than... For God so loved me that he gave his son for me, that he might give his spirit to me, that I might live with him forever. That I might be his. Yes, he doesn't love me more than a son, but he loves me just like him. So let me invite you to respond to God. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Works is my response to him. Without me, you can do, but with me, all things are possible. I invite you this morning, step in to the free flow of God's revelation, faith, and your response. He's going to reward you accordingly, and heaven His will will become done on earth as it is in heaven when we respond to what He's saying because He will come to be in me all He expects of me and what will be done will be what He wants done and it will be done by His power, by His authority and for His glory. I can trust Him. Do you trust Him? Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, thank you for what you're revealing. (laughs) Works is not what I do for you. Works is what you do through my response. Give me a responding heart because, Lord, you are beautiful. You are loving. You're a God who can make dead things like me live again. You're the God who can create something out of nothing. And Lord, you make it happen because you're God and I trust you. Lord, let us hear your voice. Let us see what you're showing us and let us respond accordingly. Because we believe, we respond. Let your will be done today in our lives, in earth. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand together with me. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.